I love what you were saying earlier about the idea of owning these collectibles and being able to flex, you know, the, being proud of your collection. And, and based on the nature of collecting and your experience in the space, what do you feel are the three important elements that define the collector psychology? It's status, it's peer pressure. Look, and that's what Cabbage Patch was all about. That's what Pokemon's all about. It's about status and peer pressure. And if you can hit those buttons, um, you know, you're going to get people, you know, frantically trying to get the stuff that, you know, you have. If you, you know, that's, those, those are two of them. I think scarcity or rarity. I think um, status and peer pressure. I remember going to our booth. There was this guy who was like a big collector. You know what I'm talking about? But he supposedly had spent a million dollars on VV. Uh, is it uh, Dr. Rolex? I mean, that seems like another Rolex. Rolex. Dr. Rolex? Rolex, yeah. Rolex, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Rolex. There you yeah. go. There's his <laughs> name. It's Rolex. Yeah. So, therefore, you know, this guy was wearing a you know, crazy watch. And, you know, he was into collecting all kinds of you know, interesting stuff. Besides just you know, NFTs. He was a real collector of all this stuff. But, again, why does he do it? Because he wants to say, look what I got. <laughs> subtext, subtext. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually a really nice guy. <laughs> he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. He's not a bad guy. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Nice but why do you do it? Why do you do it? You know, why do I have a why do I have a fifty-seven T bird that I couldn't even drive because it was so difficult to drive it? Because everybody loved it when they saw it. Hey, yeah, great car. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's why you do it. Why do you wear a certain brand? Because that brand theoretically in your mind or some people's minds put you in a scope of places that, you know, no one else is, uh, is that, is kind of, is, 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 is applicable to. I think that's the rubber meets the road, so to speak. And the more outrageous we can get, the more we will sell. I go on a, uh, a website all the time that sells confiscated stuff from criminals. And as laws in most states, and if somebody is a criminal, they can impound their possessions that were gotten by a legal gate. Right? So drug dealers, what do they get? They get watches. They get watches. Like crazy. They get jewelry. And what a good, a, a, a nice withstanding drug dealer does, he buys a, a watch like a Rolex, they tricks it out. Right? So there's a watch on there. And they appraise this stuff, right? So they get an idea of what it's worth. And, and the money goes back to the law enforcement agency that that you know adjudicated it and they did turn around and spend it on other uh, products you know for themselves that they need this one watch was on there once it was a rolex and they had tricked it this guy had tricked it out and the, and the valuation was half a bit, half a million dollars he counted all the diamonds he had put on it not done by rolex but by and, and the bidding was like up to forty five thousand dollars i'm sure somebody bought it but what do you do with it you know i mean so, so the idea is that but i love to buy stuff that's when I guess got on there, and I, you know, and I, you know, four hundred dollars. You know, I mean, it's like it's all about that. It's all about if you give a present to somebody, you want them to love it, right? Yeah. Actually, buying something for children—that's a problem. Most parents don't want to get their kids; they don't know what they like, so they're very definitely afraid of buying something that their kids don't like. So they want to find out what their kids like, you know. And you know, now when you go into a toy store, there's nobody to help you, but online you can look at all this stuff. You know, to say, okay, do you like Paw Patrol or do you like this? Do you like that? Do you like this? And they'll give you an answer, and then you know, they can go out and buy that, which you know, make them happy, right? So adults are no different. What makes them happy? What makes you, you know, think that you're omnipotent. You know, you're a Wizard of Oz. You know, whatever the case may be. 
that's what I want to see. I want to see more creativity in the NFT space. I want to see more stuff that goes to people. Ah, I gotta have that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I want to and then have, show them ways how they can display. So it's not just you're buying it, but here's how you here's how it would look in your showroom. Here's how it would look in your living room. Here's how it would look in your wherever it might be. And, and I think that will go a long way to creating additional, you know, excitement and also get people to go out who aren't necessarily crypto enthusiasts. So again, another part of conundrum is you've got you know most of the world who are, are still collectors. So how do you you know get them? into the game what i'm telling you that's what you'll do kind of tying into what you were just saying there so i guess what, what do you think are some of the main reasons that consumers have been hesitant to adopt digital collectibles up to this point two major reasons they don't understand the crypto connection or they are afraid of the crypto connection and some people maybe just don't know if that's something they want to get their the claws wrapped around and i think also we haven't done enough promotion in the, in the in the world outside of the digital space world we get everybody to know what the heck this is. And you got to attack the rest of the universe. And you got to attack mm-hmm. it in a way that is commiserate with what they've normally been used to in terms of you know the things that I'm talking about. And I think those are the things that you know the VV has to do. I know David is certainly looking at all of this and uh, and we have to really get into more of the mainstream, if you will. We talked about one time selling NFTs at Walmart. Well, are we going to do that? We're going to have that. Are we going to be able to do that? I don't know. I don't know what the legalities of that are, right? We are, we designed that many years ago. We designed a rack. It was a card. And you know, this is Superman NFTs, you know, you just pick it up and pay for it at the counter, and then you take it home and load it. You know, that's been done a lot. I mean, you know, you know, you know, Activision had a game called Skyland. That's what that was. You know, you bought it, you had a little chip in it, you then loaded it. So why can't we do the same with NFTs? Put them in a retail. You know, put them on a put them on a dump. Put them on a spot. You know, I think we have to do that. You know, but the problem is, will the licensor let you? Because they have their own licenses that are out there. They, 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 yeah. they're, they're going to let you do that. So there's a whole litany of places. But yeah, that's one way we can expand the universe. You know, if the Walmart shoppers start to get into it much more, you have to get things that people really are interested in having, and make it make the entry easy, make the make the purchase easy. Again, I understand why. There's a, there's a lot of stuff you have to go through. You have to buy you know buy gems and you have to register you know on the uh, you know, on the on the platform, and you know, you have to be verified. And I think those things probably are some, at some level, diminish the amount of people that want to do it. If I, I, you know, so I don't. I think I know they're working on trying to make it easier, but they're but they're but they're caught because they have a lot of laws that they have to, you know, especially when you deal with the currency side. So I think that's where where you have you know some issues. If you can't make it easy. That's going to defer, deter a lot of people from doing it, but eventually they'll figure it out. They'll have to figure it out because that's where you're going to open up the whole entire nuance of you know new stuff. I mean, you just look at the look at the internet. I mean, it took years and years and years for people to to want to use it, and now you know you can't get people off of it. Yeah, you know, again, now they're going back into the stores. Though, and we're talking to people that are you know, store, talking to, shop, to uh, shopping malls. And they're getting busy again because again, it's the experience too. You know, one of the things about a shopping mall was that you run into other people. You know, and that, you know, why is Disney brand? You, you can't get it, it's sold out. You know, it's, it's, it's exponential, it's experiences. So, you know, I remember, it was so funny. I remember many years ago, you go to a Disney World or someplace, you get a picture taken with your favorite character, right? Now you can do it at home with Vivi and uh, with your camera. <laughs> by the, the AMT, you can pose with it, you can do anything you want. 
or you take it out on the mountain, you know, and then have it posted on your vacation. You know, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm sitting on top of the mountain with my friend, you know, Spider-Man, you know, and yeah. so the whole video stuff you could do, which is kind of fun. Again, it goes back to what do people do historically and, you know, what can they do going forward, which is it's like some of the things they did historically, but some of the things that they can do now, too. It's going to take some time. You know, no, David's in his second year, right? He's in his second yeah. year. Yeah. Forget, that's two years old for all intents and purposes. And it feels like it's been like, you know, 20 years, it's just, you know, but <laughs> two years, you know, give it, give it some time. There's been a lot of failures. There's been a lot of problems. There's been, been a lot of successes too. So everybody thought this was so easy. Everybody jumped into it. You know, it's not so easy. Nothing is so easy. I love that you brought up the experiences and how important that is. And because I've always felt, especially with VV digital collectibles, when people see it, that's when they believe it. Even if they dislike it, the idea of NFTs and what they are, when I show those digital collectibles in person, what they can do in AR, it blows their minds. And I remember in a recent Twitter space posted by Lori, big shout to Lori. I know you mentioned that when you saw them in AR, that's when you realized, okay, this is impressive. What, what impact do you think that AR and VR technology are going to have on consumers for these digital collectibles worldwide? I think there's three actual processes that I think are important. AI, artificial intelligence. Because there's no reason why AI can't be combined with you know, augmented reality either, right? So no. you end up with a, because uh, AI, you know, we're working on a couple of things that are not, not related to Vivi. Uh, we have a, a, a company that developed a piece of software that, um, you know, today, you know how many cameras are out there, you know, security cameras in the, in the country? Mm-hmm. Any idea? It's probably 200 there. Every place is You're right. probably photographed 20,000 times a day. You don't even know it. And every organization has their own cameras. So the, the New York City Police, the Fire Department, the DEA, they have their own cameras. So this software gets hooked up into your land, or you know, your computers. It's got artificial intelligence built into it. So it takes a picture of somebody. It knows whether they have a weapon. It compares the shapes and outlines with millions of other variables and says, that person's got a weapon. It's got a, it's got a rifle. It's got a pistol. It's, it's got a knife. Then it, then it notifies the appropriate security tranche inside that facility that here's the person we, we think they have a weapon. Picture that in a football game. That everybody that's walking through an underpass, they can, they can scream like that, see if there are any weapons. Schools. If they had that, maybe they can stop somebody from walking into a school with an AR-15. But we're selling that now. You know, we're licensing that to you know all kinds of all kinds. The FBI bought it. You have some ways that subway companies are buying it. Not that it, you can't use it to prosecute somebody, that's because of the first amendment, but you can certainly, you know, say, okay, well, that person may have a weapon. We should talk to them. Especially when we have a security understanding that is really not obtrusive. I know an armed guard. I mean, imagine going to a big casino in Dubai where you're a big railroad and they want to, they want to patch you down. Mm-hmm. But if they had the software, they would know that, could, that person's got a weapon. Let's talk to them. See what they're doing. So that to me is where the excitement, excitement lies when you take AI and augmented reality, yeah. and of course VR, you know, virtual reality. Virtual reality, of course, you know, works for people who are ever going to travel, right? They're never going anywhere. But you know, to me, I think that nothing beats being in the real, the real location where you are actually experiencing it firsthand. It doesn't mean you couldn't have augmented reality on top of that. See, that's where I think there's another single aim there. Like you said with Pokemon Go or with, you know, with anything else that we're talking about. So 
it's a wide open space. And the, the people that are going to be the leader of this are going to be at Disney. You know, they're doing it in their theme parks now. They're trying to figure that out. Other, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't know what Facebook's doing. I mean, this, you know, I don't, just don't know what, what they're up to. They, they've laid off more than 11,000 people today uh, in their division. It's the cold meter, right? That's the name. And their stock is down, you know, substantially. I think there's a lot of opportunity for all these technologies to be melded in. There's no reason that, you know, Vivi can't be making movies either. Yeah, it's so cool you said that because actually Disney, they actually did a, a series called Remembering. And actually, you could use your, your iPad and you could see like a waterfall come out of your TV. So they're they're using this kind of technology right now. And you can imagine it like Disneyland Parks, so you're going to be able to personalize your experiences. You could see TIE fighters flying in the sky. You could see droids crawling on the ground. Like this is going to be... The thing I liked, was, it's not new anymore, was that you could buy a, you know, a fireplace where they showed a picture of a fire inside the fireplace. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, actually, it had smells coming off it and heat. So yeah. You go to your fireplace, but the fact is, you weren't. So I think there's a lot of a lot of ways to, you know, to do it. We're in, we're in the middle, just the beginning. Just in the, this, we're touching the, the tippy tippy of this right now. And you know, there's a lot more stuff that has to be done. And uh, you know, hopefully they can do it. You know, hopefully the VV can do it uh, and do things that are not traditionally what's been done, but things that are new and garner additional collectible opportunities and do all kinds of things. One of the really cool things and you know, one of the capabilities of digital collectibles is that you know you're able to access them anywhere in the world, which is something with physical collectibles is is really tough. Like comic books, for example, if you live in you know sub-Saharan Africa, not super easy for you to get your hands on a Marvel comic book if you were really interested in, in collecting that. Whereas you know in the United States, it's, it's very accessible. We have comic book stores, but with the the prospect of digital collectibles, and digital comics, you can have somebody you know who lives anywhere in the world buy a digital comic and still kind of have that same collecting experience. So I was wondering how how you think this type of accessibility and uh, especially like localization, you know, potentially with with languages, you know, for for those different areas will affect the collectibles markets in the future. I think it's going to be very important. I think, you know, right now there are some limitations on certain countries. You know, you can't, you can't go to China. I think the idea of, you know, these things are online worldwide. Is I, I really believe that, you know, globalization, but it has to be done the right way. You know, follow. So I'm a firm believer that maybe you do geo, geo blocking. You know, you have certain, certain things like India has got a very strange messaging in regard to their own, what's popular in India. You know, certain things. Yeah, you know, they like Marvel. But their whole, their whole kids, their number one kids program has nothing to do with Marvel. It's their whole background of the whole idea of the Indian laws, right? So if you're doing NFTs there, you better do them in conjunction with whatever they like. Then you might, have, might want to geo-block that stuff getting outside of, uh, you know, India. But India is third largest population in the world. I think, I think the localization issue has got a long way to go with this. The good news is, you know, it's a picture, so it doesn't, it's not a language issue. Of course, there's a language issue regarding to how you do it. But again, there's other laws, though. These countries have different laws. They have different taxes. You know, so that's something that you have to be really be aware of. No, There's no way of knowing until it happens. But I think it should happen. It's got to happen. You know, you got a population of 8 billion people. If you get some more of those people that be involved with this stuff, you know, everybody talking about cell, how long it took cell phones to get out rural countries or you know, the same problem. We, we have cell phones. So how do we do it? That's, you know, it's, it's another challenge. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing, especially like these comic books, right? And they're, they're in English and they're originally created in English, but, you know, through localization, you could potentially change languages around the world. It's like, it's like Japanese anime, right? 
Initially, mm-hmm. that stuff was really good in Japan and had to be translated in order to make it good outside of you know, the rest of the world. Well, similarly with the Indian stuff, you're going to have to translate it, you know, or make it for them. But, you know, somebody's going to do it and somebody's going to really uh, you know, make some cashola, you know, on it. Look, we're so infant in this thing. You know, we, we should always forget. We seem like we're going around the horn already. We went through, oh, tremendous last year. This year, we're a little bit, you know, diminutive. Another breakthrough NFT Another breakthrough idea that's going to use the technology is going to drive this thing right back up again. So, and again, the crypto will settle down too. You know, it's going to, you know, it'll have to be settled down. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. If you're in a, if you're in a position are concerned about values going up and down, you know, exponentially, this might not be for you. You, you got to, you got to really stick in for the, for the long pull. And the long pull is going to be, you know, quite a while. And, there's no guarantees of where this thing goes, but it's like any other technology. It's like who, who would have thunk what the cell phone did today? Who would have thunk it? I mean, again, when I first got it, you were going, oh, great, this is, I can talk to you, and you're not even here. And now, you know, everything you do is attached to this damn thing. Well, you know, that's going to happen to some extent. It's going to happen to digital collectibles as their utility get bigger and bigger. More people are going to use it and use it. So anyway, so my word is enjoy it for what it is. I think most people, if you like it, collect it. You know, one of the things in the art world, they always say, you don't buy it as an investment. You buy it because you like it. But I think you got to like it. And then don't worry about it. You know, if you're going to buy it as an investment, you know, you're going to end up you're driving yourself nuts. But if you like this particular NFT and you want it because you think it's cool, buy it and, and enjoy it. And if it's time you're not, not you finish enjoying it, you sell it. But mm-hmm. I think if you try and put it into a, just, a, just a financial parameter i think you get you know you get disappointed because you have to be yeah. so never going to stay in one place it's a really good point and that's the whole the, the idea of being an investor versus a collector <laughs> sometimes you dip in a little bit both <laughs> we got to get more collectors right yeah yeah, yeah. Then we know that's where we have the benefit. Al, thanks so much for for coming on our podcast. This has been a really, really fun time talking mm-hmm. about the future of the space and where it's at now. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. And, you know, keep up your good work. But I'm telling you, cut shorter. I can't watch these two hour podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got you. It'll be a series. <laughs>